0: Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creatives, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. And while I was here, I've been catching up on some planning stuff. And and wha- what I mean by planning stuff is it's been two years since I've done any like vision planning for the company and where I want to see all of these, you know, hopes and aspirations go. And I haven't put the system in place to kind of map out or reverse engineer what that looks like. The last time I did this, I did this locally. I drove two hours away from where I live and work, and I booked an Airbnb for four days, and I wrote out the plan on how I was going to leverage and grow my business to get the help that I needed, and again, invest in myself so that I could hire people and build a team and make this business a reality, make this into something that was bigger than just me, that could operate without me. And it turned out to be exactly what my business needed. I needed a plan um, to get to the next step. I was getting constant referrals. I was basically operating as a freelancer. I had tried hiring people to help with some design work and it didn't really work out because I wasn't a leader yet. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, But then... I finished that retreat, I came back um, to my office and I hired a consultant within six months and that i've spoken about this multiple times on how to niche down you can find that on my youtube channel and that that process of finding a consultant to help me with my sops to help me with my systems and processes to standardize how we deliver and you know uh, uh, our transformation that change the trajectory and I was able to do multiple hires and onboarding in a short amount of time because we had a system in place we we wrote out what we wanted and we were able to do that and we've been operating for the past year and a half two years um within that system and anybody who's ever done anything for a long period of time whether it's training let's say like you know lifting weights and stuff like that, or whether it's you're, you're playing music or anything like that, where you're training or that you're exercising or that you're doing something repeatedly, you know, what you have done is only going to take you thus far. And for you to go to the next step, you have to do something different. So I'm back here at zero. (laughs) um uh, in my mind it's zero like you're back where you started you're planning you're now getting all the ducks in a row say okay what's next we wanted to build a team that can execute on that transformation for our clients, that can help companies grow. And we've kind of been learning through that. We've been learning through, okay, we need to make sure that we are uh, having packages or you know productizing our service, and how do we now offer that to people, and what's the best way to offer this, and what's our position going to be? And we found a way to niche down and to bring team members in and to have a vision to have values and all that stuff is excellent Um, and it brought us to where we are now and I would say we're in a a decent spot where we have continual steady business coming in some would even say um, slow but steady growth as well but I want more I'm ready for more Uh, But I know I can't bring people to some place that I've never been before. Um, You mentioned SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. And I I know just so many people that are going to be looking at this or listening to this are going to have the the question of, when should I start considering Mm. SOP? Because I feel like it's very much a... Part of a journey people perceive to be phase three, phase four, yeah. and and in my experience has been like, man, you can start now even with basic things, you yeah. know, like with with standardizing how you operate. Because so many people that listen to this show are those type of creative or side hustle people right. that do certain things. That even if you're a CEO or a nine to five uh, 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 person. There's some, there's some great insight to, to having something set up in a certain way that everybody can understand and repeat over and over.
1: Right. Yeah. My answer to that would be get started as soon as you can. I mean, any new process, any new task that you do, start with what you're doing in, in your current day right? Um, if you sit down at your desk and your, your your tendency is to go check email, and then maybe you need to respond to some some customers, um, and then you need to get in to see what's happening inside your projects, I would just say start there with documenting your own day. Everything that you need to do to be successful in the day, I would say start there. Because the tendency is, is that we wait too long or think, I know all this stuff, right? I've got it in my head. You know Why would I need to write it down? I already know how to do it but the problem with entrepreneurship and you know especially in the agency space is we get to a point where we can't do all the work ourselves we need to bring people onto our team. We need to hire things out. We need to contract things out. And then we're spending our time and our days and our weeks and months with that new person, right? Taking our time and trying to download all this information. And of course, if you've ever been through any training or onboarding or started a new job, it can be overwhelming for that person, right? And so then we get stuck in the weeds where we're answering questions needlessly. We're spending more time onboarding than we really should. And then we're Creating a less than stellar experience for our new hire as well, right? right? Um, I, I saw an example the other day, and I, I just thought it was so genius. A company put out um, a side by side, the same person, right? It's like a split screen, and uh, on one side they were building a Lego like plane, and they had instructions. <laughs> And then on the other side, they had the same pieces, but they had no instructions, right? Mm. And so imagine, right? We've all played with Lego at some point in our lives. I have two kids, that do it all the time. And I see how frustrated they get when they try and like recreate the things that came in the box from memory. They try and recreate these things on their own. And it's only until we bring out the instructions, mom and dad bring out the instructions, that right. you know, they're able to follow them, you know, and succinctly and put this piece together. So I would say start as soon as you can because if you wait and think, I know everything, I don't need to document it, it will be too late. And it's one of those things that we'll just keep pushing off as business owners because we just don't have that time. And then that's when things can yeah. really get chaotic.
0: <laughs> So I, I think I'd, right. I'd love for you to talk about that. How do you make good decisions consistently and how do you be mindful of the people that you are also taking care of or, or leading?
2: Yeah, so there's so many levels to this, right? There's decision-making systems, and that's usually when you're in collaborative environments where where you have to make a call Mm -hmm. uh together but then there's also like you said the muscle of making decisions and that's probably more of an internal decision making uh process Uh, i think there's a lot more written and a lot more resources in terms of team decisions because it's way harder and i think if i can summarize a couple of the things uh i'm i totally forget i think it's less mccowan mccowan uh but that might might be a different guy anyway mccowan um, uh, this isn't the, uh, this isn't the minimalist guy, oh. which is amazing. One of my favorite books of all <laughs> times, but, uh, he has this thing, uh, data, uh, data, debate, decide, or defer. And I right. think that's one of the best, uh, um, we, maybe we can put it in the show notes or something, but like, uh, it's one of the best frameworks for, for collaborative decision-making. He has a great blog post about it. And basically a summary would be. You have to come with the data up front and review the data. Then you have a debate and you should have this like blocked in a schedule. You know, we have 10 minutes to debate this Mm -hmm. because otherwise it will eat up as much time as you allow it. And then at the end of that, you make a a decision or if you don't have enough data, you defer and you say, okay, we need to get more data and then we'll make that decision later. So I think, um, you know, that's one great system, but you basically... Any system that you agree on as a team of make, that are making decisions is a good system because uh, right it's agreed otherwise it is chaos otherwise it's chaos right yeah, so uh, that's one that I like uh, we're often not that formal um, in in our decision making process, but you know I think the very least you have to let people know who holds the conch, you know, who is the one who is going to be, uh, uh, coming in with the final, the final vote. If it's, if it is something that, that is going to be democratic, everyone has a voice at the table, or is this a, we're going to get a consensus. And then my vote is worth like six. (laughs) And so I can kind of like sway things, uh, Or are you just all just providing your feedback and helping me make the decision? But everyone needs to know that going into the meeting or going into that decision process or people are going to come out really disappointed
0: or frustrated. And that can be something related to um, the culture of an organization as well. Um, If the culture does not uh, allow for healthy debate for us to come to a decision, um, or if the the culture rather is... uh, um, authoritative in the sense that it's one person who has the authority to make the decision and that's the person who we all rely on um, then it becomes a different uh, scenario and how do we uh, move forward and making uh, conscientious decisions, whereas if the culture is allowing for this type of conversation then I think that's where you can have more insight, more information, more data, like more data that's actually useful rather than just information that's brought forward to like, it's more like you know, oh I'm, I'm submitting this information and you sir will decipher or you ma'am will take apart yeah. and make make this what you will, whereas no, this is collaborative, so the the data that you get almost is um of higher quality Quality uh, when it's more collaborative that way because people aren't inhibited by how it's going to be deciphered, but it's more like no, we need this. So that that I think there's something to be said about the the discipline of of, of relying on certain systems versus going by fly by the seat of our pants how have you found doing the freelance uh work you said you're now getting leads every day uh or every other day and you're trying to decide who to work with how do you how do you decide who you work with how do you find doing this side of the of, of the world where you have to like manage your schedule and clients it's not all just illustrator 24 yeah <laughs>
3: There's a lot that goes into that, Um, just like, and I I feel like um, that uh, kind of goes into play with like, um, if you think that you can freelance, it's like, are you good at managing yourself? Um, because like, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I would say that kind of like my process, especially like at the beginning was, um, I knew that my network was going to be everything. Um, and that was something where, Like, if I could go back in time and and talk to, like, Kevin, like, uh, (laughs) in college or whatever, I would say, like, like, these are the relationships that you need to start building right now because this is going to lead to so much success later on. Like, your network is everything, especially when you own your own business. Um, And so... uh, i i felt like um anyone who contacted me i was kind of like um okay i'm at least going to schedule a call with them like a 15 minute call um just to like uh see what their project is see what they have to say and also like i feel i feel like um If they're contacting, like, a bunch of different graphic designers, um, they're probably just, like, on email. Like, they're just, like, emailing them. Yeah. And so if they put a face to um, this designer and have, like, a a more uh, personal experience with it, like, I would be more likely to uh, get the job or, like, get the project. Right. Um, And that has... And that has been great for me. Like that has like really worked. Uh, I feel like, because, uh, I feel like a lot of times, um, like if you put yourself into the position of someone that is starting their own business and they're very concerned with like what their customers are going to see and like how their customers are going to portray it in terms of the brand, um, they, they want someone that they can trust, um, and, like, they, they want to know that a real person is, like, uh, yeah. like we're working on their brand and understands it before they start designing.
0: Yeah, that's really, uh, really powerful. Like, and it takes time, right? Like, I'm sure you had to go through the process of, like, okay, this is how... I'm going to make this work for me because every designer has their own process and their own cues of things that they're looking for to get better at and that's going to help them do their best work. You have to, like you said, manage yourself and um, not everyone is good at certain aspects of the freelance world and it it can be very daunting. I know people talk about like uh, uh, customer journey mapping and all that kind of stuff, but what, what type of things or exercises could they be thinking about?
4: One of the ones that's super helpful, and I've done it with large clients, I've done it with smaller clients, done it with myself, is the 80-20 analysis. So you're looking at what are the... 20% 20% of products or services that you're selling that make up 80% of the products. This is a really well-known uh, principle called Pareto's principle. Uh, he was an Italian economist, and he realized that 20% of Italians back in the day owned 80% of the land, and vice versa. And this principle was true across. Uh, the spectrum and it's true in business. So typically um, 20% of your inputs make 80% of your ac- outputs and vice versa. So 20% um, of your customer complaints, for example, um, are are I should turn that around um, 80% of your client complaints are typically from 20% of your customers um, and 80% of your revenue is typically from 20% of your products and services. So really, if you're feeling overwhelmed, take a hard look at the numbers over the last few years, maybe three or four years. Um, and and say, okay, where am I really excelling? How can I lean into what is working well already and amplify that growth? Um, Or what is the product that is selling better than the other products? Can I market that and focus on that? Um, instead of trying to market everything because we have such limited budgets uh, and, and limited yeah. time to be able to do what we do.
0: And sometimes we fall into the trap of drifting out of our lane and we're now all up in somebody else's business looking at what they got and how they got it and what they had to do to get there. And you know what? That's all well and good for them. There's no hate or animosity towards them. Eyes on your own work. I got more than enough stuff I got to take care of right here. So the best thing you can do for yourself the number one self th- the number one thing you can do for yourself so that you can start to see some success is put some blinders on and look at your own work. Don't worry about what the person next to you is doing. Focus on what you set out to do and how you are going to get there. One of the things that or the steps that you need to take for you to see success in yourself and in turn your business and your relationships and everything, every aspect of your life, it starts by you focusing and focusing in today's world where there's so many distractions is something that we need to work at so that we can feel better and that we can perform better. So I want you to to dive in and say, listen, how can systems help you Mm. get your goal, which is to make more sales, get more money, in terms of having a successful business?
1: Yeah, I think the importance of systems in this is creating them so that you can get a realistic picture of where your business is at financially, right? Where are you spending your time? Where are your resources going? Where are the bottlenecks? Where are you as a leader getting pulled back in? Because a lot of people think, especially in leadership, that. You know, they may not track their time, like you said, because it's, it's my business. I'm just going to work on it and I'll work 80 hours a week because it's just what I have to do. Right. But the way that we need to think is that as you grow, the people that you're going to come on are the people that are going to replace you so that you can focus on the things to move the business forward. So what are you paying yourself? Right. You have to think about that. What are you paying yourself? Um, what would you pay someone else? to do your job, right? And do you have it in your pipeline? Do you have it in your books to be able to bring on that person to replace you, right? We often think, you know, I'll just do it because I have to do it, but that's the wrong way to go about it. So, I mean, for me, like systems and really getting those down is so that you can focus on the the bigger picture items in your business. And so if we're talking about, um, you know, prospecting, for example, that should be your number one thing that, that you're taking care of in, in your day. And so for me, I spent a lot of my time on LinkedIn, right? It's, it's sending messages. It's, it's, um, creating relationships. It's, you know, getting on calls and talking with leaders, um, you know, uh, of different businesses and industries and connecting with them. Um, I spend a lot of time in, in forums and in Facebook groups, right. Answering questions and, you know, building clout and, um, building, you know, relationships with, with people that have questions. And so if you're not able to do those things, then you're setting yourself up to fail right away, right? Because, um, the work will get done regardless of, you know, who's doing it, whether it's the owner or the employee, right? The work will get done. It's just what is the priority in your business? If you're spending, you know, you know, 90% of your week putting out fires, talking with, you know, clients and fixing problems and answering, you know, issues and you're not setting aside that time to be intentional about your outreach, be intentional about your content creation, be intentional about the people that you are trying to connect with, and be intentional about the people that you need to connect with whose problem you know that you can solve, right? I think that's what it really comes down to is you have something, you're in this business for a reason, you're solving a problem, and if you don't set aside your own time to go and find those people whose problem you know you can solve, then you don't have a business, right?